Welcome to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. I'm Tanae Stewart, the Witch of Lupin Hollow, and a self-love and empowerment coach. I'm here to help you embody simplicity in your spiritual practice and to feel confident bringing empowering magic and rituals into your real daily life. Join me each week for practical insights on the seasons and the stars. Welcome back to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. I'm Tanae Stewart, your host, and today we're going to be diving in to some top moon ritual quote-unquote mistakes that are actually okay to make, plus one you actually really should avoid. Um, I'm really excited to bust some myths and simplify your moon rituals with you today. Because I think that there are so many myths, so many misconceptions, so many things out there that can make you feel like you're doing it wrong, when in reality, you actually cannot do anything wrong in your own spiritual practice, so long as you're trusting yourself and your intuition. So we're going to bust those myths today. Now, if you've ever felt called or drawn to work with the moon phases or to practice moon rituals, but you felt like you didn't have the time to learn and do it all correctly, then this episode is for you. So anyone who's ever been made to feel like you were doing it wrong or like there was even a wrong way to do it, um, this, this episode is dedicated to you, all right? So we're going to go over a couple of, well, several actually, we're going to go over several mistakes that you'll hear people say around the internet, things that you're not supposed to do or things that you're supposedly doing wrong in your moon rituals or in your practice of following the moon phases. Um, And I'm going to share why they're nonsense and why you can do whatever you want, right? (laughs) Um, So first off, before we dive into that, I just want to cover a little bit of what are the moon phases, okay? So just super simple, basic, broad overview here. Um, First off, the moon phases are actually a cosmic conversation between the sun and the moon. The part of the moon that we see in the sky that's illuminated at night is actually the face, the section of the moon that the sun is shining on currently. And that depends on where the sun and moon are in the sky. So we celebrate a few different moon phases, and we're going to talk about what all those different phases are um, and why some witches celebrate four phases, some witches celebrate eight phases, some witches celebrate nine phases, so many different options. Um, But basically, as the sun and moon move through the 12 astrological signs of the zodiac, they have this conversation where the sun is shining on the face of the moon at different points. And so once a month, we have the new moon, which is when the moon is completely dark in the sky. The sun is not shining on the face of the moon at all. And that's because the sun and moon are aligned. They're lined up in the same sign. And so what that means from Earth is that the sun is actually just shining on the back of the moon and we're not seeing uh, we're not seeing the actual face at all. Now the full moon is two weeks later we have the new moon and then we move through the waxing moon and two weeks later we have the full moon when the full face of the moon is illuminated. And so the only way for that to happen is when the sun and moon are in opposite signs because that means that they're directly across from one another and the sun can shine on the entire face of the moon that we can see from earth. It's pretty interesting. Then we move through the waning moon for another two weeks and back to the new moon. So every moon cycle is about 28 and a half days. And the moon is one of those things that 
witches of all different paths and traditions like to work with. The moon has such a profound impact on our world. It impacts the ocean tides. It impacts the sap level in plants. Like the moon is amazing, guys. All right. Like it is seriously amazing. And so working with the moon in your spiritual practice is really, really powerful. And I probably don't even have to tell you that. You probably already know that you feel called to the moon. So many of us do. No, that doesn't mean that every single witch works with the moon. And if you don't feel called to work with the moon, that's totally fine. Some witches work more with the sun. Some witches don't work with celestial bodies whatsoever. It's completely up to you. Your practice is entirely your own. But if you do feel called to work with these magical phases of the moon, um, then as I said, this episode is very much for you. So let's dive in, all right? So here's one that you might have heard. Doing your moon rituals the day or two before or after the full moon is not acceptable. You must do your moon rituals directly on the full moon, the the day of the full moon. Now, that is nonsense, of course. Very often, we get busy, right? Maybe you forgot it was the full moon yesterday, or maybe you were just really busy. Maybe you didn't feel well, whatever it is, right? The energy of both the new moon and the full moon is not for a single moment. It's not even for a single day. It actually permeates the couple of days around the actual direct new or direct full moon. So you can do your moon rituals whenever you want, all right? Now, I recommend, because I work so much with astrology, I recommend doing your moon rituals during the two and a half day period when, let's say the full moon, for example, is in the sign of when it's actually full. So let me clarify that. For example, if it's the full moon in Leo, And let's say the full moon in Leo is at noon on Saturday, okay? Of course, it would be ideal to do your full moon ritual on that Saturday. But maybe you have things to do, you're busy, you're working, whatever it is, you you can't do it that day, okay? So the moon is going to be in the sign of Leo, not just for that one day. It's actually in that sign for two and a half days total. So whether you do your moon ritual before the full moon is direct or after, it doesn't matter. I recommend just doing it sometime while the moon is in that particular sign. But even that is just like a general rule of thumb. Even if, okay, the full moon was in Leo and the next day the moon's already moved into Virgo, but you're feeling it and you're ready to do your full moon ritual, that's totally fine too. It's just about trusting your intuition, knowing that that energy is still out there, um, and you can do your rituals whenever you damn well please, all right? Okay, here's another mistake that you might have heard people say, that it is a mistake to not celebrate all eight phases of the moon in great detail, that if you're only celebrating the full moon, like you're a fake witch, right? Again, utter nonsense, utter, utter nonsense. Now, as I was saying, some witches celebrate four phases, which that's mostly me. Uh, Some witches celebrate eight phases. Some witches even celebrate nine phases, okay? And some witches celebrate just the new and full or just the new or just the full moon, right? You have endless options. You have endless different ways that you can work with these phases. You can celebrate all, some, or none. Okay, it is not, there's no rule that you have to follow 
all of them or even what someone's definition of all of them is. So to clarify this, all right, so there's four basic phases of the moon. There's the new moon, which as we were saying, is when the sun and moon are aligned. There's the waxing moon, which is the two week period after the new moon, which is when the moon appears to be growing larger in the sky. There's the full moon, when the sun and moon are in opposition to one another. And then there's the waning moon, which is the two weeks after the full moon, when the moon appears to be getting smaller in the sky. Now, those are the four basic phases. And in terms of like doing a ritual, the four days that are important in that cycle are, of course, the new and full moons, but also the quarter moons, the first and last quarter moons, which are the halfway point of the waxing and waning moons, which essentially gives you a weekly moon ritual because those four individual phases happen about once every six to eight days. Now that's pretty much how I practice, although I don't actually do a ritual for the quarter moons. I really only do rituals myself for the new and full moons. And you know what? Let you in on a secret. Sometimes I forget or sometimes I don't feel like it and I don't do my ritual and that's totally fine. Take it from an experienced witch. But with that said, there are other ways of working with the moon phases, okay? So in addition to those four basic phases, we can break the waxing and waning moons down a little bit further. So we have the quarter moons, we know, halfway through the waxing and waning periods. But on either side of that quarter moon, we have the waxing crescent moon, then the quarter moon, then the waxing gibbous moon. Now the crescent, you can imagine, is a crescent moon. The gibbous is when it looks like kind of a funny little blob, like it's not quite full, but it's more than half, right? And then in reverse, we have the waning. So after the full moon, we have the waning gibbous, then the waning quarter, then the waning crescent. So when you put these all together, it makes for eight main phases of the moon. Now, some witches even practice nine, and those witches are including the dark moon, which is the last day or two before the new moon, when the moon is almost completely dark in the sky, and it's like an emphasized and amplified energy of the waning moon. Um, so it's very much about like that final release and banishing um, and letting go of things that no longer serve us before the new moon cycle. So you can pick and choose. It is not a mistake to practice any or all of these. You can pick and choose which phases feel good for you, which phases you feel like you have time for. Um, you know, I know some witches who really just practice at the new moon where they'll set their intentions for the cycle and then, you know, they'll go out and take action. Um, some people only celebrate the full moon because that's when they feel most magical and intuitive and connected. Any and all of these options are perfect as long as they feel right to you. All right, now here's another one, all right? Maybe you've heard that it is a mistake to not bring your moon water or crystals that you have charging outside or on the windowsill, that you're, it's a mistake not to bring them in before the sun comes up, that if the sunlight touches your moon water, it is ruined and you should just throw it out. As you can imagine, that is nonsense. <laughs> so moon water and charging crystals or charging decks, this is a practice where we put a glass of water or we put our crystals out in the moonlight, either outside or on the windowsill or wherever is convenient for you, and we charge them in the moonlight. And this is considered a spiritual cleansing of 
the crystals of your divination tools or tarot decks. Um, and it's also a way to charge your, your moon water, to make moon water. The moonlight charges that water with the energy of the moon, especially the energy of what particular phase the moon is in. Um, and so some people, you'll hear people say this online, that if the sun touches your moon water, it's, you know, it's garbage. Um, and that's just not true. And the reason for that is because the moon, as we said, is really only, we see it only as a reflection of the sun. So the sun and moon are not at odds with one another. They are not enemies. They are not opposites. They are in conversation constantly. Um, and so if the sun touches your moon water or touches your crystals, that's totally fine. Now, another mistake you might have heard is that it's a mistake if you're not making moon water at all. If you're not putting your crystals out to charge, then, you know, you're not a real witch. Like, ever, all witches charge their crystals in the moonlight. Not so. There is basically no sentence that starts with all witches do or do not do something that is a true fact. Um, there is nothing that applies to all witches. And, you know, moon water is a common practice. It's something that a lot of people like to do. I've done it at different times in my practice, but honestly, I don't remember the last time I made moon water. Um, making moon water is just one activity. It's just one possible way for you to work with and channel the energy of the moon phases, but it is by no means required, nor is it required to charge your crystals or anything else by moonlight. If you feel called to it, perfect, wonderful. If you don't, then that is not a big deal. You may be sensing a theme here in this episode, but you can work with the moon phases in absolutely whatever way feels right to you, right? Um, and that is, that is just simple truth of absolutely everything in your spiritual practice and in your journey as a witch. You can practice in whatever way feels right for you. There is no way that you can do it wrong. Um, here's another one that you might have heard, that it is a mistake, a drastic mistake, to not cast a circle or to call the elements or the four quarters when you start your ritual, that that's just going to open you up for all kinds of trouble. Now, this one is interesting because I do think that it's good to open sacred space in some way when you begin your ritual, whether it's a moon ritual or anything else. But you can do that in pretty much any way that just like shifts the energy. So it can be very formal. Maybe you are physically casting a circle. Maybe you're sprinkling salt around you in a circle. Maybe you're lighting candles around you in a circle. Maybe you're envisioning a sphere of protective light in a circle around you. These are all options. Um, maybe you are calling the elements, calling fire from the south and earth from the north, etc. Um, but you can also open sacred space simply by what I usually do is light a candle. That's how I signify that my ritual has begun for myself and for the spiritual realm. Um, you can also start your ritual, again, whether it's a moon ritual or anything else, um, by spraying cleansing spray, like spraying some Florida water, or by burning some incense, or by burning a smoke bundle, um, 
by putting oils in your diffuser and turning it on, right? These are all ways that you can shift the energy of the space and the energy of the moment to open that sacred space and to begin your ritual. Um, But there is absolutely no particular way that you have to do it. So casting a circle is a formal way of opening sacred space. It was once very common, but it's become less and less so. And I absolutely promise you are no less of a witch if you never cast a circle once in your life. Now, here's another one that I see this question all the time, and I totally get it. Like, it's one of those things that seems kind of contradictory, is that is it a mistake to practice a moon ritual or to charge moon water or crystals when it's cloudy out and you can't see the moon? Like, is that a mistake? Can it, is it only, does it only work if you can see the moon? No, of course not. Um, Now, first of all, if it's a new moon, you can't see the moon no matter what the sky looks like, no matter what the weather is, it's dark anyway. Um, But even on a full moon, if it's cloudy, if it's daylight and you're doing your moon ritual during the day, those are all totally fine options. Um, It doesn't matter if you can't see the moon. She is there and the sun is shining on her face. Um, So even if it's cloudy, even if it's storming, even if it's rainy, even if it's snowy, doesn't matter. The energy of that full moon is still there, is still present. Um, And so sometimes I think that we associate like things very literally. Or we think, oh, you know, if I'm charging something under the moon, that means it has to be in the moonlight. Um, and sure, maybe it's more potent if it's in the moonlight, potentially, arguably, though not necessarily. Um, but it's not, you know, it depends on your intuition. It's not a rule of thumb. It's not, oh, you know, you're a better witch if you only put your crystals out when you can see the moon. Like that's ridiculous. You know, it's really about trusting your intuition. Now, if you feel like, you know what, I want to wait until tomorrow. I'm going to wait till tomorrow to do my moon ritual because it's supposed to be clear then. And I want to do it when I can see the moon and I can be outside in the moonlight. Great. Then do that. Because remember, you don't have to do your rituals on the actual day of, for example. Um, You know, the core thing here with all of these mistakes that you should totally make um, is that it's all about trusting your intuition, right? It's all about making sure that the thing you are listening to above all else, that the most reliable resource you have access to is your own intuition, especially when it comes to the moon, right? The moon in your astrological chart, it rules your intuitive and emotional self. It rules how you nurture yourself and what you need to feel nurtured and safe. And so if something is making you feel discouraged and overwhelmed and like you don't have time for it, even though it's something that would be supportive for you, then that's probably not actually aligned with the moon, right? So if you ever read something or hear something or watch something that makes you feel that way, that makes you feel like you're not honoring the moon correctly, or you're not practicing your full moon rituals in the right way, then discard and turn off immediately because 
that's your intuition telling you that this isn't right. This isn't right for me because it's making me feel this way. Um, you know, the moon should be a safe space. The moon is all about safety and home and sanctuary and those things that make us feel supported and nurtured and nourished, right? We need to feel all of those things. We need to give them to ourselves through self-care and through our spiritual practices. And so anytime something starts to infiltrate that layer of protective safety, especially when it comes to the moon, but in any situation, you listen to your intuition. You ask yourself, why does this make me not feel safe? Or why does this make me feel bad about myself? Um, because I don't want to feel that way. And I choose. I'm not going to feel that way. I'm not going to listen to something that is making me feel that way. Now, I did say at the beginning that I was going to share one mistake that you actually should avoid. And this is the one thing that I want to share about that is you can't practice anything wrong in your practice, right? You, you literally cannot make mistakes. But there's one that I always see that's like, oh, that's not quite right. <laughs> so I just want to share it, okay? I will often hear people say that the energy of the moon phases, especially if you're only really working with the new and the full moons, okay, is that at the new moon, we set intentions, and then you'll hear people say that at the full moon, we release things, and that's not really true. Now, if that feels right for you and you feel like, yeah, that's how I practice and that's how I want to practice, then keep doing that by all means don't listen, don't listen to this piece. But if it's ever felt kind of off to you, or you've wondered, like, is that, is that how that's, you know, is that how that really works? Here's how it really works. Okay. So we do set intentions at the new moon. The new moon is the beginning of a new moon cycle, right? It's all about new beginnings. Then through the waxing moon, whether you're doing a specific ritual or not, those two weeks, that two week period is all about taking action. Okay. Then at the full moon, we pause. The full moon is not about release, although I know where the confusion comes from, okay? The full moon is where we release expectation. It's where we stop taking action, where we pause, where we are kind of like letting our fingers off of the things we've been holding too tightly onto, right? But we're not quite letting go just yet. Because we need to take that moment, especially when you're using the moon phases for manifesting, we need to take that moment to pause, to celebrate, to reflect, and to amplify, okay? So the moon phases are very aligned with the seasons. So the full moon phase is aligned with the season of autumn or fall, which is when we have all of our harvest celebrations and we are expressing gratitude and we're thankful for abundance that we've experienced, right? And so that's a great way to think about the full moon. That like, yes, it's the, that last moment before winter or before the waning moon when we're really releasing and actively letting go or even banishing things that no longer serve us. But the full moon is actually this beautiful moment for pausing to reflect and celebrate. And the main reason that we don't really want to release or banish at the full moon is because the full moon is actually an energy of amplification. So what we put out at the full moon, we tend to get more of. So if we're really focused on the things we don't want or the things that we want to release or let go of at the full moon, it can sometimes have a reverse effect, right? It can backfire. But with that said, 
you know, if you're only working with the new and the full moons and you're not really paying any attention to the waxing and waning periods, maybe it feels good for you to do it that way. And you should absolutely tune in and check in with your intuition and say, does it feel good and make sense for me to release at the full moon? Well, then do that. Um, but if you're curious about kind of this bigger cycle of the moon cycle and the moon phases um, and how you can really use the full moon for celebration and amplification, um, I definitely encourage you to explore that with your intuition as well. Now, I hope that this episode has been helpful for you to kind of bust some of those myths and let go of some of those limiting beliefs that you might have around the moon phases and how to practice them correctly, quote unquote. Um, and if it has been helpful for you and you have enjoyed this episode, I would absolutely love for you to come check out my upcoming masterclass, which is called How to Work with the Moon Phases in Your Daily Life even when you have no time, all right? We'll be talking about the four main moon phases and their individual energies. We'll also be talking about your natal moon sign and phase and how it impacts you. So we'll be working with kind of like the moon phases out in the world as well as in your own personal self. And I'm also going to be sharing some quick, easy ways you can work with the moon in your real life. So this masterclass is for you if you're tired of laundry and groceries always being higher priority than magic and self-care, and if you're ready to experience magic throughout the day, every day, right? Because we all deserve that. Magic shouldn't necessarily be something that we only check in with once a month or once every six months, right? If that's your practice and it feels good, then awesome. But if that's your practice and it feels like, oh my gosh, I wish I had so much more of this. I wish that I could experience magic every day, but I just can't find the time for it, then this class is super, super gonna be for you. Um, we're gonna be not only talking about you know practical ways to work with the moon phases, but how to you know kind of shift your mindset and shift the way that you think about the moon um, and the way that you think about its energy in your own life and your own practice. So I would love to have you come and join me for this masterclass. There's a link to the class in the description of this episode. Um, I hope to see you there. And I hope that your moon rituals feel simpler, feel more accessible, and that you know from this moment forward that you cannot make any mistakes in your practice as a witch and in your practice of following the moon phases. So thank you for listening. I will see you at that upcoming masterclass, and I will see you in the next episode of the Empowered Modern Witches Show.